Welcome to today's Minnesotan Hockey Podcast. If you haven't already, do yourself a favor and check out the Minnesotan. You can visit their flagship store in historic downtown White Bear Lake or on the web at theminnesotan.com. On today's show, we sit down with Will Francis, a centennial graduate and a Cedar Rapids uh, rough rider, now headed to the University of Minnesota Duluth. Uh, Will has an unbelievable story about his uh, coming down with acute lymphoma blastic leukemia, ALL, uh, this past March and his recovery process. And a lot of good stories from Will, not just with his recovery, but with his hockey playing career and his future as well with the UMD Bulldogs. Hope you enjoy today's show. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire Well, good afternoon, Will. How are you doing today? Doing good, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, you're the first ever guest on our new podcast called the Minnesotan High, Sc- uh, High School Hockey Podcast. Uh, you get a free T-shirt out of the deal. Have you ever been to the Minnesotan over in White Bear Lake? I haven't been over to the Minnesotan in White Bear Lake, but I'm uh, excited to be here. You know, they have some really cool stuff, not just their own branded items, but they have a ton of really creative Minnesota-themed items in there, a lot of White Bear Lake stuff because they're in downtown White Bear Lake. And it's a really cool shop, and uh, I encourage people, if you haven't been there, check it out. It's pretty cool. So today we get to learn about Will Francis, and you got a pretty special story Outside of your leukemia, I mean, it's a pretty cool hockey story uh, because you were fairly well unknown, left left Centennial after your junior year, and kind of exploded in the USHL. We'll get to that in just a minute, uh, but let's start with uh, your two to three weeks leading up to uh, finding out you had leukemia. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, uh, I uh, just wasn't feeling the greatest, kind of run down and sick. Um, Ended up getting a sore throat and went in to get checked out, was uh, treated for tonsillitis. And so, like, the sore throat went away, but it was feeling pretty fatigued everywhere I was going. I uh, went down to the tourney and then walking up the stairs, uh, got some super blurry version. And I was with a good buddy of mine, Josh Hermes. And he's like, Yeah, where are we going? And I'm like looking around and can't really see anything there at the X and just ended up finding my way to the hockey lodge. So, uh, yeah. And then, uh, went up to uh well let's just let let me stop you for one second so at this point you had an injured knee uh halfway through the season or a third of the way through season at cedar rapids and then enrolled second semester at at university of minnesota duluth and we're down at the x just for leisure correct yeah we were on a spring break that next week so okay that friday that friday i went home um for the weekend Okay, so now you head back up north on a little snowmobile excursion with family, right? Yep, uh, two cousins, uncle and my dad. And then what happened? That's this is where it gets uh, serious, right? Yeah. So on uh, on Wednesday we went snowmobiling, and my uncle actually rolled his snowmobile on that Wednesday and ended up having to go to the Grand Marais Hospital uh, for a dislocated shoulder, and that kind of ended the trip. But it, that was all right. Um, 
And uh, but the whole time, the whole time you're on yeah, these the snowmobiles, you're kind of out of it, right? Yeah, I'm just kind of drained, but like, you know, I'm just sitting on it and just riding. Like, it's nothing too, I guess, o- overly physical or physically demanding. So, um, and we were just taking in obviously the good views of uh, of that part of uh, our state up here. So, yeah, up, I was we were close to two miles from the Canadian border, and uh, yeah, and then I had to turn it around. So, so you turn around and then um, now now you're not feeling so well. At some point, where did you hit the wall and you have to go in and, and get checked out? Yeah, so the Friday I was diagnosed, I actually drove down from uh, Lutzen to Duluth for, for some knee rehab. And then I drove back up and really wasn't feeling well. wasn't really, didn't have much of an appetite either. Um, kind of slept all afternoon, which was kind of just really unusual for me and then, so a uh, you're a big eater and not a big sleeper right so no, two yeah, exactly. two signs right there two red flags yeah. you just blew right by them didn't you because you wanted to go back up on the on the sled right yeah for sure um it's always it's always fun you know getting up to that part of the uh that part of the state with a lot of snow and wide open trails and some good uh some good off trail up there too so yeah i was looking forward to being on the sled and then yeah, just slept all day. wasn't my normal self. Uh, and then my dad came down and to my room there and was like, "Yeah, you're still, like not looking the best." I looked pretty anemic at the time. Yep. Um, so then we uh, drove up to Grand Marais, got a got a whole bunch of tests: uh, flu, strep, mono, uh, also the coronavirus that test and uh, blood labs. Um, to kind of see where like obviously all the blood numbers were at and. The, uh, the doctors and two nurses came in with full scrubs, face shields, and masks and things. And uh, then just the doctor came back in about, I don't know, half hour or so later when the tests were in. It was just in his street clothes. So I basically knew something was kind of wrong, kind of fishy, I guess. We're like, yeah, what's going on? So uh, then, uh, yeah, he just kind of told us um, the situation of, of my symptoms or anything. And how my blood count, white blood cell count was uh, 178,000. And I was like, uh, what, what's normal? Because obviously we don't know those right. numbers. as just like, a, you know, kind of just like an everyday human. Um, yep. And she's like, yeah, normal's 10,000. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now so, I'm in trouble, right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, do I have the power of 18 people now? Or what's going on? Uh, but no, and then he is like, yeah, and kind of all these symptoms you're having are pointing towards leukemia. So I got a couple of blood transfusions up there to just like boost everything up. And how did you feel after that? I felt fine. Like it it made me feel better, but obviously I was still kind of in a state of like, like this isn't real. Like what? Like I'm a healthy kid, Um, athlete, like don't really do much outside playing hockey and like hanging out with my buddies and hanging on the lake um, in school. So, um, yeah, I guess it was obviously a shock for sure. Um, but I don't think it really settled in right away. Um, so we, we took an ambulance, me and my dad from Grand Ray down to Minneapolis there at the, uh, University of Minnesota hospital and found out the next day, kind of exactly more, more on. detail, right? Yep. Yeah. More detail. They were able to find out that it was like the B cell, um, acute lymphoblastic leukemia, um, ALL. Uh, which is really a little kid's, I guess, disease. Um, a lot more common in kids that are like eight and under rather than being 19. But uh, I'm still treated as a pediatric patient 
And uh, yeah, I'm doing great now. Do they say uh, because you got it an older, you're less uh, more, less chance of getting remission or greater chance of remission, or are still the same as the under eight kids? Um, I think it's it's still like really close to being the same. Um, okay, but I think it's also a little down. But uh, with the way that my treatments and go are going currently, and how I'm handling everything and reacting to uh, to it. Um, where it's looking like it's gonna it's gonna be that that path of getting into remission and then getting back on the ice here soon. So yeah. So the reason I say that is when I, the, the 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 light research I did before the show with this ALL is a very very winnable fight. I mean this isn't yep. a, this isn't a stage four type of uh, leukemia. This is something that can be defeated with proper treatment. Yep, exactly. And uh, yeah, I guess um, kind of the younger you are to that pediatric uh age rather than being uh in the 60s or above um it's a real high uh real high cure rate so that's uh, good to definitely, hear definitely grateful for that that's really good to hear so let's walk through your chemo schedule uh that you jumped on in in mid-march and are kind of halfway through right now we'll walk walk through those stages yep so uh i had the first stage there called uh induction and I was in the hospital for quite a bit of that first month of induction, which is a 28 day cycle. And then, uh, went home for nine days, got a breather there. And now I'm in consolidation where it's two weeks on chemo, two weeks off for the, uh, next eight weeks here. And, uh, just hit week, the week three mark yesterday. Um, and then I'm just heading into the hospital, uh, every Thursday okay. for, uh, the chemo treatments that I can't receive at home. And this process so, ends in early June, correct? Early and, June. and then what happens from early June for eight weeks? It's like a maintenance stage of some sort. Yep. So a little lighter on the chemo side of things. Um, and it's just obviously maintaining uh, kind of like your blood cell reproductive factories from uh, just producing healthy blood cells. And then, uh, yeah, that's a eight week cycle after um, this consolidation phase. And then, and then uh, yeah, we'll obviously get tests of how everything is and go from there. So how did your family take this? You have grandparents, parents, two siblings. What, what were they doing when this was all going? I mean, you said you were in shock. That must have shocked them pretty well, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, I actually had, we had uh, 10 family members up in, uh, up in Lutzen there at our cabin when I went in. And so then uh, three or four of them came to the hospital just to drop off some stuff for us to bring. So it's like, what? like. Yeah, be heading out to Minneapolis tonight. Um, and yeah, I guess you know my brother and sister. Um, obviously, my sister Summer kind of knows what's going on and that whole sort of thing. Um, and she's taking it really well, I think, um, especially with kind of like the good news that we've been receiving uh, as of lately. And I think you know my brother's still pretty young. Uh, he's ten years old. He doesn't fully understand it, but gets right. that it's uh, obviously something serious. Um, but yeah, he's doing good too, and me and him are able to, uh, you know, shoot pucks in the backyard or, or do whatever it is. He's he's really into uh, sports, uh, kind of all over too, like throwing the football around. So yeah, those two those two have done really well. Um, my parents obviously have been huge for me, staying in the hospital um, for however long I was in there. It was like twenty one days or something. Uh, they would rotate nights, and they've been doing well. And just kind of hearing the good news from the doctors, I think it gets easier for them every day. And uh, yeah, I had grandparents who were down in Florida. Um, definitely a shock to them. Uh, they were my biggest fans. And then 
my other set of grandparents was uh, here in Shoreview, and for sure they were shocked as well. But know that it's a, it's a treatable disease, and uh, yeah, we're looking to uh, you know do the best we can every day with things. So yeah, I guess from a whole family support um, standpoint, it's been uh, been great for me. How is it that, that this happened literally directly in line with with the COVID? stalemate literally like you you're like you're almost kind of missing it because you're you're less focused on the COVID and more focused on your health and everything else yeah, don't sure. you think yeah exactly and like when we we're in the hospital we kind of st- started getting like new protocols every day for my parents coming in and what we could do um just from being physically active standpoint and uh and like they're like yeah like what are your friends doing some of the nurses and doctors and it's like nothing nothing <laughs> like you know I'm not, I'm not really missing out on much because no. uh, like they're they're just at home too you know so uh yeah but now i've kind of been able to see uh see some of my close buddies from a distance and were you been, able uh, to uh were you able to retain any of the credits because of this or you or did you just have to put everything on incomplete on hold for your for academics this um, semester yeah, this so is guess, a curiosity i, I mean because it's a yeah, weird yeah. deal yeah it is it is um they, they suggested that I should put everything on hold, but uh, I guess I didn't really listen there and then finished one of my finals today. And, nice. Uh, I'm able to uh, get extensions on um, two classes. I was taking five there this semester. Um, and so I have three classes completely finished, and then uh, I have an extension for the other two just because obviously it's a unique position and kind of wasn't able to focus all the time on uh, school-based stuff. So, but yeah, no, looking but, to finish the semester with a, just with an extension. Well, that's great. I mean, I mean, it's, yeah. this is, I mean, you picked the right semester in of all of human history, at least the last couple centuries of to, to, to get sick because yeah. this will be the set, this will be the semester that every college kid gets a 3.5 or above, you know? Yep, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I know this from first hand from having a son who's a sophomore. I'm like, God, you are so lucky right now. They they get yeah. the uh, his. I'm not sure what the University of Minnesota and Duluth, but at, at Iowa State where he goes, they get to they get to basically pick, not your grade obviously, but if 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 you're gonna get a B or below, they basically just can take it pass fail. Is that the same in the University of Minnesota system too? Yeah, we have that choice. Um, basically, the same type of thing. If you just want to take a pass or fail in the class. Uh, but I've, uh, that's why I asked. I've, that's why I yeah, asked. Yeah, I've, I've just taken the grading system, um, just because I've had good grades this semester and got three A's locked up in the book so far. That a boy. That a boy. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we got the same going the rest of it, the rest of the way here. I can only imagine how long the dean's list is going to be, right? Think about yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> the whole yeah. school be, is going to be, be on the dean's school. list. Yeah, <laughs> that just occurred to me now. All right, so through this process, you know, we talk about the family, but you you hit it kind of big with the spit and chicklets people. Uh, you, they've mentioned you on the. Sh- I listen to that show fairly regularly, especially now during COVID. It's like for me, I, that's the that's my escape is listening to those guys, and it's just so funny to be listening to a show, whatever, doing yard work or working at the office to hear Will Francis's name from Ryan Whitney and this and that, just like your name. I was like, wow, I yeah. know that kid, you know, <laughs> he played in our league and he had big goals and it's just, it's, it's, it's sad, but fun all at the same time. Where were you when, when this all started, did you pick up on it? Did you hear it? Or did someone say you got to go hear it? Yeah. So I was actually, uh, 
I was in the hospital at the time and just had my headphones in, just laying down in bed, like kind of just relaxing. And I have, I'm a pretty like active listener of the podcast. Usually, uh, like when a new episode comes out, I'll probably get to it um, pretty quick, whether it's you know listening in the car or something, something like that. Um, so yeah, I was just sitting in bed and wasn't really looking at my phone, listening to the podcast, and all of a sudden, like I heard my name, like what? Like, I did the same like, thing. I, yeah. So like I put it back like I don't know thirty the, the seconds. The ten second button or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I'm like, I'm like, what? So I'm like I listen to it again and then I think my dad is there and I'm like listen to it. And I was like, Dad, you gotta listen to this. <laughs> so I take my headphones out and yeah. uh, put it on speaker or whatever and we were like, Wow, like that's incredible. And then like I looked at my phone, I had buddies texting me, they're like, dude, you're on chicklet. Like, <laughs> Holy crap. I'm like I'm like, yeah, dude, like, this is insane. I was not expecting this at all. Um, and so, yeah, those guys have reached out to me. And, yeah, it's uh, definitely been pretty crazy. So having it on to that level, it just kind of shows how tight-knit, uh, you know, the hockey world is compared to other sports, I think, in my opinion. I agree, too. So I'm sure you've gotten, you know, random calls or, or been in touch with just as a result of that, you know, you've probably had some people uh, knocking your doors down or, or phone calls or something like that. Has that happened as well? Yeah. Uh, I was in, uh, I was in my room at home. I was one of the first weeks I was home here and um, my dad was again in my room and we were just talking about different stuff. And also I got a phone call. It was from Jupiter, Florida. And I was like, Oh, like, what do you think? It's a telemarketer. And he's just like, like, no, no, you should answer it. So I answer it. I was like, hey, uh, this is this is Will. And then the other side of the phone goes, yeah, hey, Will, uh, this is Bobby Orr. I'm like, uh, I'm like, Bobby Orr, like the greatest defenseman to ever play in the NHL. And then he was like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, long time ago, that was me. And yeah, was humble, like, right? Like, oh, yeah, it was just like incredible for sure. And uh, he sent a couple pictures. And, yeah, so it's been just the support in general has been incredible. I've had a few other phone calls. Uh, from uh, Tom Kerber's Guy Lafleur, um, Bobby Clark has texted me, Brett Hall. So yeah, just uh, kind of the the uh, the like, circuit. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. You know, you you look at your phone and it's those guys. So yeah, this yeah, is definitely definitely humbling for sure. That's funny. I was interviewing your Bantam coach last week, and your name was one of the five that he mentioned. Um, I'm not yeah. sure if you heard that episode or not. You and Aaron are pretty close, and. He just went and went on, before the show, not necessarily during the show, but he went on and on about Will Francis, Will Francis, and lawnmowers and jet skis and just a. But he he was raving. He was very. It was very proud of you. Of besides the hockey, take all the hockey away. Is you really fit the bill of a of a great hockey player? And and this is kind of where it kind of comes full circle, right? Where you get these great hockey players, uh, you know, signing up to call you up and send you text. Bobby Clark, though, what did he what did he have to say? Uh, yeah, he just said like, "Hey, Will, this is Bobby Clark." Um, it was over text, and he said, "I wish you the best with everything that's going on, and feel free to ever call or text." Um, and especially the story with Bobby Clark is uh, he was one of the first guys in the NHL to have diabetes and be playing with it. So obviously, he knows um, everything from a disease standpoint, like what it takes and all that. So uh, on top of that, winning a few Stanley Cups himself, so he's obviously successful. So. Yeah, you just said call, call or text anytime, and yeah, it was uh, definitely just pretty insane. All the all the stuff that's happened lately. That's pretty cool. That helps the healing process. I, I can only imagine. 
Yeah, for sure. Or we got some hockey to talk about too. So let's start rolling through your youth career. I, I, the youth stuff. I told you this before the show. People love hearing about youth hockey days. So the youth hockey coaches here just blow up. Jeff Johnson from Edina and Kurt Hallstrom and Maple Grove and Aaron Fulton show. These are great. We're gonna get more youth hockey coaches in here. And so yeah. if we got you on the show, let's talk about some of your good old days of youth hockey. And the first time I think I really saw you play or your group the, the centennial group play was kind of an epic game it was uh the, the kind of the gabby hughes show uh over against the epic uh uh edina pbaa team from 2012 13 it was in the edina invitational and you guys they, they've been blowing everybody out i mean this is if you look at youth hockey they had like every goal every game was seven to ten goal victories yeah. and you guys took them to the brink what do you remember about that game yeah i just remember uh we were going in the third period there, um, beating them. I think we were just up by one, and they happened to get two goals in the third period, BS 4-3. So that was a close one for sure. Uh, but, yeah, that was a while back. And I remember, like, we were going to be the first team we – or we were the first team to be beating those guys going into the third, and then could have been one of the first two. Uh, I think it's the first team that had a lead on them. I mean, the fact yeah. that I, the, I was like, there's a lead here. I remember talking to Jeff Johnson between periods. And he's like, I don't know if these guys can recover from this. You know, we were just, yeah. we just blow everybody out, but there was a pretty special team. But Gabby Hughes is the one that just, that game, I, I, I told you this before the show, I go, I'll never forget Stephen Dahl was going into the corner once. And he's a big, strong, very sturdy skater. And I remember him looking over his shoulder as if, oh, if she comes into the corner, I don't want anything to do with her this time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Gabby is definitely. Definitely could hang with the boys back then. Um, yeah, no doubt. Uh, obviously having great success up at Duluth as well. When you were in school, did you see her at all when you were up there? Uh, yeah, I did a few times, yeah. And then, uh, you know, I've obviously grown up knowing her, so. Yep. Were you guys uh, same neighborhood or when you lived there? Uh, yeah, so when before I moved to Shoreview, we were just uh, kind of right down the road from each other um, on Ware Road there. So, yeah, real, real close. And did you guys ever skate together on the pond or? backyard or stuff like that yeah i had a backyard rink from the time i was probably four or five uh kind of and we still make one every year and when i was really young um she ended up being over with a few of uh my neighbors or something and uh yeah i ended up just chasing chasing her around the rink for a good hour or so on the backyard pond when i was younger but never got the puck did you yeah i didn't touch it hopefully the tides have turned now and Maybe I get a little bit of luck now, but uh, yeah, she was definitely uh, definitely incredible uh, when we were younger. We saw it coming uh, even at, at back then, and she was squirts and peewees that she was going to be a special player. Did you have any idea she'd be one of the best college players right out of right out of high school? Ah, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's surprising. Um, I happened to uh, catch some of those girls' games too when she was a senior with my younger sister uh, being a freshman on the team and. Yeah, it's definitely not surprising uh, when you watch her and Annika Windsor, just the uh, chemistry those two have. So It's pretty special, yeah, it's, isn't uh, it? Yeah, it is for sure. Uh, okay, so let's fast forward to Aaron recalls probably his best Bantam team he's ever coached and probably the toughest loss he's ever had, you know, losing in the, in the, the, the semifinal game to Minnetonka. Walk through that season. What are your memories of that season? I know one of them has to be beating Edina a few times after not getting at getting them in Pee Wees. What were your memories of that Bantam season? 
Yeah, we definitely had Edina's number that year. Uh, beat them a couple times there in the Duluth tournament and uh, in White Bear. But yeah, I remember that was a obviously a great season for me, just developing and uh, having fun with uh, being the youngest kid on the team. So probably getting a pick on sometimes, but I was definitely dishing it back as well. So, uh, but uh, yeah, that was just a great year. Made it to the state tournament again. Um, Lost on two five on three PK goals that uh, we got scored on two and lost by one. So yeah, that was definitely, a... definitely bittersweet. But uh, yeah, so that was that was just a fun year all over. Ended up winning the VFW championship there in Moorhead, and it was a whole lot of fun. It, uh, that season, I, I go back to you know the only thing I really remember about that state tournament uh, up in Duluth was why did they play the semifinals in the practice rink? Yeah, <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, we're over in the uh, not the, not the big heritage one, but the smaller one. So. The smaller one. It was the weirdest thing. I'm like, why are we here? I mean, I, I just that's all I remember. Like, it was a great atmosphere in there. Uh, it was a great game. Both of those games, the Dyna, I think Dyna beat. Who did he Dyna beat in the? So yeah, they beat Morehead. Morehead. They beat Morehead. Yes. The next day. Yeah. And that was a crazy game too. And then they and then Minnetonka beat them beat uh, Edina in the finals. So you got good memories there. Fast forward three years now, though, that's that ninth grade class now as seniors. You're a junior, and you knock off Maple Grove at, over at Aldrich and make the state tournament, first time that they had been there in a few years. Um, obviously, on the backyard ponds growing up, you dreamt about that the whole time. What was your recollection of Aldrich that night? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we lost to Maple Grove the year before, so coming back with uh, 14 guys who played that game. Uh, I think definitely, definitely none of us had a doubt that we were walking out of there with a trophy in our hands that night um, and going to the X. But uh, yeah, I remember uh, it was a one goal game kind of the whole way until the third period. And then uh, I scored to put us up one. Hayden Brickner had a unreal goal walking a defenseman and beating uh hider there, the goalie putting us up five, three. And then, that kind of just put us right into the X and then uh, McGregor put one in made six, three. And once that was, once that was it, we knew we were uh, going to be down in St. Paul the following week. So uh, yeah, it was a great game and definitely one of the, uh, definitely one of the happiest events for, for our group as a whole. Yeah. No question about it. It's a shiny moment, but you know, it gets better though. Right. I mean, if you think about it, St. Thomas um, was, probably one of the best St. Thomas teams that they had assembled at the double A level anyway. And, but they had never won a first round game. And do you yeah. think that let's walk through the psychology of that. Did, did that play into your guys's mind or was it just, Hey, play our game, blah, blah, blah. Did your, did your coaches touch on the fact that they hadn't won a game first round game yet? Oh, uh, they might've, but I remember for us, it was like all the pressures on them. Yes. Um, and they were up to nothing after one. And then I think uh, we got one there in the, kind of late in the second period, uh, getting off the ice. And I mean, all of us knew going out for a third period, we were kind of carrying the momentum. And obviously no one likes those private schools much. So we had the, uh, the entire X at eight o'clock yep. behind us there. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and then we ended up winning the game three, two, two third period goals. I think one of them was a PK and then Bricks had the uh, unbelievable the goal. Wasn't that so, great? Uh, yeah, that was, that was awesome for sure. He kind of made the whole play happen himself. Um, it was, a, it was. I remember the goal. It was a long rebound, right? Yeah, and it came out yeah, like well, six, he, eight feet, and then he dropped his shoulder, took it left to his to his forehand. I think he's a left hander, and just shelved it. Yeah, put it right under the armpit and went shelf. And 
yeah so that was uh we we had really no pressure i guess for us we were just out there having fun and yeah going into the third period i don't think any of us had a doubt we were walking out of that game with a win even though we were we were still down by one it, i know it doesn't really matter to you guys but that stemmed one of our our more epic YHH high school hockey podcasts because we have a guy from St. Thomas and I sat there for like 30 minutes and just ragged on St. Thomas how they can't win a big game I mean I just went it was like the diatribe it was so ugly but I just remember that game I was like if they can't win this games these first round games they're never going to do it and then it becomes kind of like a a phobia, you know, first round phobia. Yeah, but exactly. they ended up winning the next year. They ended up getting past the first round, and obviously they did it again this year. So, yeah. um, but they've they've gotten past that phobia. But that team was a, a just a well oiled machine. That eighteen St. Thomas. Yeah, they team definitely they definitely have more skill than us. But uh, I think we kind of had the farmer mentality up here and uh, kind of took took it to them from a work standpoint. So yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a good game. It was four and five games. Ours are real tight. Yeah, that's that's a skill. That's that's you're 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 selling it short. I mean, you guys had a, a really good team. You had Carter Wagner and, and, like you said, Brickner and McGregor and a great goaltender and Travis Allen. I mean, you had a pretty special team that year and a really nice group. That when I and I, and I talk about it, I think public schools. I, I I say this in press conferences to ask this question a lot in press conferences to the, to the private school teams, you know, the ones that get to recruit and pick handpick their, their rosters. I always ask them was, is it, do you find it an advantage or disadvantage because you guys played together since you're in third grade? That's a yeah, huge advantage. advantage versus the guys who just met each other two years ago or that year. Yeah, for sure. Um, I can, I can definitely recall some nasty floor hockey and wiffle ball games with a lot of those guys out, uh, out in the backyards or something. So I yeah. think there's something think to that. Special. There's something special for sure. I really think there's something to that. All right. Uh, so now I really want to go to uh, one more funny thing that happened at that tournament. I want to just kind of get your recollection of it. You know, you, you lose to Tonka the next day, um, and you play in the third-place game against your favorite, Sedina. And that game just kind of goes south fast, right? Um yeah. You're down like 5 nothing in the first. You end up losing 11 nothing, and something happens. I don't even remember what the caused the break, but Jake Boltman and Travis Allen, opposing teammate players, start passing the puck back and forth, and this viral video goes crazy where, where Travis Allen one-times went into that. Where do you recall at that yeah. point? It's an empty build. It's a weird atmosphere. You're playing in basically an empty building in a game that means absolutely nothing, and then that happens. Where were you when that all went down? Yeah, I think either I was on the ice or the bench. Um, I think we had a scrum or something down in the Edina end. And, uh, like, Boltman happened to jump the bench and a change, but no one else has changed yet because the scrum was happening. Like, he grabbed the puck and, uh, like, I, I don't know. From, from my standpoint, I guess I'm more of a guy that I don't really – I don't really like to talk to the opposing team. Or no. Just like mingle with them on the ice. Like that's kind of my personality, I guess. Um, and then they just started dishing the puck back and forth. And like, I remember watching it almost like, and we were down probably like nine, nothing or something. just getting killed. I was like, what the hell are they doing? And then they started dishing it around a little more. And yeah, Travis, he, he was just feeding them one timers. <laughs> I remember just kind of being like maybe almost stunned. I'm like, what are they doing? Yeah. Uh, far end. And we had 10 guys over on the other end who just got done with a scrap. So, uh, 
yeah so uh yeah it was, it was good uh good turning memory for sure for all of us it was a bit odd um so you're one of those players that you know and and, and you can even talk to this to some degree you were kind of unheralded at this point in your career you were not I don't think you were destined to be an NHL draft pick at this point you kind of played in there you kind of played in their shadow in Brickner McGregor Wagner and all those guys shadow right to some degree I mean you you weren't you you played high school elite league I'm sure right yep so it wasn't like you were a nobody I don't want to let's not make this into a Rudy situation here yeah yeah definitely definitely not a nobody but definitely not a star I'd say uh Right on the team compared to uh, McGregor. Right. So, and and I've always been a huge fan, and I like I see something here. I I see, you know, a guy. I, I kept seeing Riley Tufty. That's what I see. I see this this big long player, not afraid to mix it up, plays a full size, both sides of the ice. That's what I'd always seen, but a lot of people didn't see it, or, or just yep. he just didn't, didn't shine. And then it happened. Uh, I'll tell you my version. You tell me your version. Uh, yep. You go to the Fall Classic. You, you make Cedar Rapids team. Uh, you go to the Fall Classic, which is in Pittsburgh, and do extremely well. I, I believe probably I got probably four phone calls from four Division One coaches each of them asking me, is there something wrong? Are we missing something? I'm like, no, you just missed him playing for Centennial, and he just gets kind of lost in the mix of all their good players. He's always been really good. I think he's going to get even better. What is So So something happened in Pittsburgh. What? Give me your perspective what happened in Pittsburgh that weekend. Yeah, I talked to um, a couple of schools there my junior year, um, UMG included, but nothing got ever, I'd say, too serious. Right from a scholarship standpoint with anybody. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess went into Cedar Rapids that year, no scholarship. Uh, NHL wasn't really even on my, uh, on my, or in, in my ballpark, I'd even say like, right. For happening in that year, I was just kind of trying to have fun and get a scholarship out of this. And, uh, but yeah, I guess we went to Pittsburgh um, just playing at that level too. Um, you know, I've always been a smarter player, I'd say myself and, being able to pass the puck to players who are kind of just as good as you and kind of have the same drive and right. with hockey is obviously a lot different than uh, high school. Um, so yeah, I guess, you know, I did, did pretty well out there and, uh, you know, I ended up having quite a few, uh, quite a few offers and attention from, uh, from the fall classic there. And I think we got back on a Saturday or Sunday and chose to lose the following Tuesday. So, uh, it's a pretty easy decision. The recruiting trail was for me. Um, even with uh, what else was out there, but I don't think it's uh, I don't think it gets better than uh, Duluth for a Minnesota kid right now. Yeah, it is kind of the hot uh, property. Plus, you you mentioned earlier in this podcast that uh, you have a cabin in Lutzen, so Duluth is somewhere pretty easy for you to be. I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. It's just a halfway point between uh, where I live currently and my cabin, so uh, definitely a great spot um, location wise for me and my family and getting a uh, good education there out of the University of Minnesota system. Well, it's been pretty fun just to get to know you. Uh, I want to get our readers uh, a chance to get to, our readers, listeners, viewers, whatever, a chance to get to know you a little bit better. So we're going to do a couple fun questions uh, after. Before we get to those, I want to just ask you, what are your plans uh, as far as after hockey? Uh, what are you studying at UMD? Uh, that kind of thing. What, do you, what, do you, what are your plans? Uh, yeah, so right now I'm still undecided. I'm um, looking at a few different routes still, but probably something along the lines of uh, entrepreneurship or business and uh, 
just kind of taking things from there, I guess. You're kind of an entrepreneur now, correct? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, we, we got some, got some, uh, jobs going around the, uh, <laughs> around the area. So, so you, yeah, you, you're kind of sheepish about it. You have a lawn <laughs> and landscaping business. Are you like only cash only or something? You don't want the government to find out about it. What, why are you so yeah. sheepish about it? What's <laughs> yeah, the name we, of it? Underground for sure. You don't have signs, do you? You don't want to have any, what's, yeah, what's the name of it? You got but, a name? Uh, yep. Uh, Francis and Sons Lawn and Landscape. So, uh, oh, so your I'll, dad started it. No, no, I started it. And then I, who I are the sons? You, you have some children that we don't know about? No children. Just, uh, just buddies of mine who get referred to as the sons. <laughs> so, oh, I of, knew uh, this podcast would warm up eventually. Yeah. Now we got it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing out there? Just, just cutting grass? Or are you, are you actually doing um, landscape yeah, so, projects too? Yeah. So I guess, uh, obviously with my, uh, situation where I am right now and, you know, my compromised immune system right now, um, it's not real safe for me yeah. to do the, uh, the work I was doing summers prior. So I guess I'm just kind of managing everything and make sure it goes smooth. But, uh, yeah, we kind of, I guess, you know, this whole spring we've been doing spring cleanups, dethatching aerating lawns, and then doing a lot of mulch work, um, doing some laying down some rock and then also getting into uh, some retaining walls and like paper patios and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely expanded a lot more than it was. It's like, more the suns right now, isn't grass. it? It's more the suns right now than the Francis, right? Doing the yeah, work. It's, 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 it's all the suns. Uh, I got, I got guys who are from like 21 years old down to 16, just all a bunch of centennial hockey players running around the uh, Northern suburbs, suburbs here with Shoreview and North Oaks and, uh, few other areas here Lionel Lakes so yeah there's kind of staying busy with uh, everything that's going on right now or it's better than sitting at home and not really doing anything so yeah that's, just that's, uh just uh, getting it getting it done for sure that's good to hear you're also a draft pick by the uh Anaheim uh Mighty Ducks when you got drafted last summer walk through what that all went what what, what went down there yeah we uh we made the trip out to uh vancouver there last summer with uh the francis five of us here and then also a uh, set of my grandparents um my uh one of my high school coaches ted cheesebro made it out and uh then one of my dad's good buddies who kind of has always been a good supporter of mine and um yeah just good friends with him as well and uh yeah so we were there in vancouver and obviously you're anxious um you really have no control of the draft uh you see guys who are ranked really high and end up not being drafted at all. And then you see guys who are unranked and end up going up really high. So it's kind of all, you know, the team's situation, what they need, and also what they kind of project of you in the next few years. Um, where then the NHL draft isn't really a next year thing kind of compared with the NFL. These right. Jump, jumping in next year. So were you getting nervous um, when they got to the sixth round? Cause there's only yeah, one round to go. A little nervous. Yeah. Probably for sure. A little nervous. Um, almost the whole time. I'd say actually just, not really knowing where I go and hearing different things, you know, you, you don't really know where you go. So um, I'd say I for sure got uh, definitely a good one, good organization at Anaheim. Uh, they've been first class all the way, really supportive with uh, my situation right now. And also being out there for development camp uh, last summer in the new facility they have. Uh, it was really a second to none facility um, and a great space that they have out there. Uh, for the for the current team so yeah i think i ended up in a real good spot 
You end up in a good spot because they they're they're great at developing young talent, and uh, I'm sure you figured that out just doing the math. What else have they What have they told you about your game? What did, what did they What were they looking for you to do before the before the illness or even after the illness? Yeah, I guess uh, you know right now the whole um, COVID deal. Uh, no one's really skating for the most part. Kind of just working out off ice, and you got to find ways to improve your game. So uh, yeah, I guess they sent me some videos of guys in the NHL who they think I relate to. Um, and so I've been watching some good clips of uh, Carolina's defenseman, Brett Pesky, who kind of plays a strong two way game with definitely a good edge to his game. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say like, like I bring to the table. And then for me, it's just working kind of working all over. Um, you know, I've always been a two way player, uh, probably a little more offensive in high school than I am now. Right. Just uh, trying, trying to, you know, set my role as a reliable defenseman with, uh, the size and strength and kind of skating ability that I have. Um, I'm able to shut guys down in my end and then, you know, hopefully be smart with it and chip in on the offensive end as well. Um, Whenever possible. Yeah. You didn't have something that I've shied away from, shied away from. You didn't have a ton of points, uh, but you definitely made a big impact uh, at Cedar Rapids. Yeah, for sure. I'd think my first year there, um, we were juggling a lot of guys around uh, power play wise and everything. And power play has kind of been something I've always been a part of. So the second year when I was on it, um, just my shot totals and like chance totals um, along with points were kind of trending in the upward direction there this fall. Um, but yeah, the year before, I guess, you know, I was just uh, more of a reliable defenseman there that can shut guys down and kill penalties. And then, I was on the second power play there, so I was still right. uh, getting getting some looks. But, uh, yeah, I think I've always just been, like, a 200-foot player with some good skill. But I'd say definitely uh, skating and toughness um, are two aspects of my game. That, uh, you'll fit in well at out. You'll fit in well at UMD, that's for sure, um, with, with, with those tools. Um, before we get to these final questions, one quick question. You, you, we go back to Cedar Rapids. You guys clinch a game, and you go Bill's Mafia on the bit and dive onto a table. Walk us. I'm going to put that video inside of this. Walk through what you remember about going viral on on the internet with this with the with this celebration locker room celebration. We don't get you don't get to see a lot of locker room stuff other than maybe some champagne no. stuff like that. But that was unique and uh, it definitely was awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, we just swept the weekend. Uh, it was our last two regular season games of the year. Uh, we were in Central Illinois and shut them out. Um, and now I'm getting like shut out them as a franchise too. So I guess we were all a little fired up about that. Yeah. Um, and then we also clinched uh, home ice for playoffs, which was one of our goals from the beginning of the year there. So we were definitely all uh, all having some some fun and some laughs. And uh, I don't know exactly what led up to it, but it was probably uh, Chase Hampstead or Will Zamolik who both claimed that they're. You know, never the guy that starts anything like that in the locker room, even though they're always those guys, and uh, <laughs> along with myself. So, yeah, I guess, I don't know, one thing led to the next. Uh, I think we had a couple other guys jump there, too, and then I uh, I <laughs> jumped on the table and ended up uh, collapsing there. Yep. Uh, and then water can got in the way, um, so that ended up being tackled. <laughs> and, yeah, and then Coach walked in, and yeah, I didn't really see him coming in. He was kind of, my back was turned to him, and. Yeah, but he thought it was funny and good, and he actually uh, wheeled in with a with a uh, he he got, like left our locker room, 
came in with a broom and snapped a broom over his knee because he, he did he was like yeah it was like sweet from the weekend i'm pretty sure he snapped that one because i snapped some other ones in cedar rapids but uh yeah that table uh kind of got the worst of it you could say um and so well, yeah it was, it was just a fun time but yeah then ryan whitney posted the video and that was definitely hilarious yeah yeah that got another <laughs> spit and chiclets uh bump there but i thought that was my funniest part of it was like while you're tackling the the the, the water cooler the coach walks in which you know like if you think about it in high school if you're doing if you're acting like a clown the coach is gonna you know get you you know you're in trouble right but i'm like yeah, oh i wonder know, if i guess high school the juniors for me i rich many has been my coach since i was in second grade so if he saw us doing that he'd probably just laugh but uh I'd say Coach Carlson. He's been in the USHL now for 21 years. And, yeah, uh, probably a little more intense of a figure, you could say. So uh, he is. Um, yeah, but yeah, I have a great relationship with him, and he was uh, he was jacked up about us sweeping and getting home ice too. That's a big deal for him. So oh, it was all a uh, fun and game. Oh, that's good to hear. That was good to hear. Yeah. All right, let's do a few questions to to get ourselves out of the show. Uh, as I said earlier, the Minnesotan is today's sponsor of the show. You're going to get a T-shirt from those guys. I'll get your information after the show here in a second. Let's do a quick few questions here, some icebreaker questions. Uh, what's the emoji that you use the most? Uh, probably the, uh, the uh, hockey stick. Ooh, I like that yeah. one. Yeah, I got yeah. that one from you earlier. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever been in a fight during a game? During a game, I've uh, yeah gotten a fight in Waterloo with a fellow Minnesota high school player, uh, Griffin Ness. But it was exhibition, though. It was a regular yeah. season. It was a uh, preseason. What were what was going through your mind when he says "Let's go," or or did you say "Let's go"? I I remember I hit him, and he either just got out of. He just got out of the box, and then I kind of had a good line on him. So I hit him, and, yeah, we kind of just both looked at each other. And, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I dropped mine first or he did, but we were definitely going um, after that hit. So, uh, yeah, it was an intense game, I'd say, for preseason. Um, Us and Waterloo obviously have a great rivalry, just being 40 minutes apart there on uh, I-380. And, yeah, we had uh, multiple fights that night, probably like four or five. So, and you, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good scrap for sure. It's funny because you're not much of a fighter. You've never been in a fight at anywhere else, like in a, in a Green Mill or anything, have you? Never. Never? Okay. Never. All right, next question. Uh, baseball walk-up song. Well, if you were a baseball player, what would your walk-up, walk-up song be? Uh, it would definitely be, uh, be something by Motley Crue, probably like Wild Side. I like it. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. Uh, growing up, uh, who was your childhood crush? Uh, what what's movie star did you have a crush on growing up? Uh, who's that? Uh, who's the girl in Wolf of Wall Street? Blanking. I don't know. Uh, Mar- Mar- Margaret Robbie. Margaret Robbie. There you go. Nice. Uh, most embarrassing fashion trend you rocked when you were a kid? Uh, definitely the entire year of elementary school where I wore the same pair of camo sweatpants to school every day (laughs) along with like some new balance shoes that were just just a tough look back then (laughs) (laughs) all right last question which decade if you could go back and live with which would it be the 60s 70s 80s or 90s uh for sure the 80s the 80s yeah you rocked the Miley crew so you pretty much got it there right yeah, I listen to a lot of Motley Crue, uh, Poison, kind of a few other guys like that, little ACDC maybe, but 
that's, uh, that's definitely my music taste. That's good to hear. Every rose has its thorns, right? Oh, yeah. Well, you've been a, a, a great rose on this show. It's been fun to get to know you, Will, a little bit better pre-show. And obviously on the show, you're going to get a T-shirt from the Minnesotan. Uh, stick around for just a second after I read this. And I uh, really appreciate you being on the show and look forward to following you at your career at UMD. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. As part of today's show, Will will receive a T-shirt from the Minnesota sent to him. Thanks to the Minnesotan again for their sponsorship of today's show. Make sure to stop in and check it out. My good friend John King says it's the best store in the world. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. We'll see you around the rink soon.